Maggie is one of those that's been going out there, and I just completely forgot about it and stuff. But isn't she beautiful? And going to develop that voice, that personality. And I'm thankful for those working with these kids to help them do that because in a small church, they have opportunities to get up here and exercise those gifts and grow those gifts. And uh, that's, a, that's a blessing on that. So anyway, proud of my kids. She don't belong to me, but I'm going to claim her and stuff. I've... She'd been coming here since she was a wee little child. And um, to see them grow up and begin to take part in the worship is a blessing. I've uh, got a question to ask you. How many of you like to be forgiven? Hmm? Raise your hand. You know, you know, when I think about all that God had done for me and when I when I ask him into my life, the most amazing thing that probably overwhelmed me most was that he was willing to forgive me for the things I'd said, the things I'd done, the things I'd thought about him. That just blew my little old mind that God had already provided a way for me and had already forgiven me if I would just accept that forgiveness. I would accept that sacrifice that was made there at Calvary. That's why I rejoice with Elijah's girls that we're going to baptize here in a little bit. And um, it's just such a blessing to realize that you can enter in to do that. Over in Luke chapter 23... Verse 34, this is what Jesus said about forgiveness as He hung on the cross. We're going to have it up there for you in just a minute. That's 33. Give me 34. Anyway, they'll get it up there in a minute. What did Jesus say? He said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. What was going on when he asked God to forgive them? They'd already beat him, ridiculed him, spit upon him, mocked him, judged him, condemned him, and now he's hanging on the cross. Who was he talking about? Father, forgive them. Everyone had nailed him to the cross. Everyone. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And as I began to think about that and think about how God has that kind of love and forgiveness for, for me and you and so many, I began to relate to us. Because in my life, there's been many a times I've had to forgive people for things they did. And the easiest ones were those real close to me. My children, family, mom and dad, and different ones. And it's easy to forgive those that you're close to. Because why? You love them. And that love is what caused God to forgive us. 
Even those that hated him and despised him, he still loved them enough to provide forgiveness. And it was totally up to them whether they would receive that or not. And then I began to think about the times in my life that I had people that were not so easy to forgive. And I had to ask myself this question. Why were they harder to forgive than the others? Why couldn't I forgive them the way I would my kids? Because I didn't have the relationship with them that I had with my kids. To be point blank, I didn't love them the way I loved my kids. And yet, God kept pointing me on this journey of life to grow in my love for other people. Because in my walk with Him, His desire was for me to become more like Him and learn to love those in spite of what they did. You see, the difference is it's easy to love those for what they do instead of loving them for who they are. And that's what I had to learn. Because it's easy to love somebody that's doing things that you like and appreciate and you have close to them. I love my kids because they love me and we were there growing up. I didn't always love what they did. Still don't always love what they do. Glenn's laughing. He said, I got some too. You know, they get a mind of their own. But I loved them because they were mine. And I still love them because they're mine. Wish they'd listen to mom and dad sometimes, but I still love them. And I still forgive them. Sometimes you have to back off and let them do what they're going to do before they'll realize maybe mom and dad have a little idea what they're talking about. But when they messed up, I forgave them and I lifted them up. And that's what I begin to realize about my walk with God. That in life there's going to be people say all manners of evil against all of us, do things against all of us. But as I've ministered and done things, I've upset a few people through the, through the years, uh, more than a few. And I've had people say all manners of things against me falsely. And yet... God says, you need to forgive them. You need to forgive them. You're doing what I've called you to do, and when they speak against what, what you're doing, they're speaking against me. He said, you love them for who they are, not what they do. And that's been a hard lesson to learn because it's so hard to move from the flesh into where God's at. Because it's so easy to want, as a human, to, to want to be angry because somebody said something or did something and they hurt you tremendously. And so you don't want to grant them the same forgiveness you would somebody else because you feel like you're, you're cheating those that you love. But what I came to realize was when I had unforgiveness in my heart, for somebody, I was cheating myself. Because when I'm carrying unforgiveness in my heart, I have just cut myself off from God. 
Not salvation, but from God. When I'm there and I'm not forgiving and, and loving somebody for who they are, my spiritual growth stopped and plateaued right there. And no longer can God take me further in that journey. Because it's always going to come back to this one point, this one place. Because what she's trying to do with me was to teach me to love people for who they are. Who are they? They're somebody that God wants to reach with salvation. They're somebody He loves so much that His Son died for them. They may not be saved. They may not ever get saved. But does God still love those individuals? That's what the Word says. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. He didn't say they all would get saved. He said God loved the world so they could get saved. Because He loved them for who they were, not for what they did. Man, you're talking about blowing a little old mind. I had to begin to look at people differently. And I began to realize those who criticized or said things against me, a lot of it was because they didn't understand what God was doing in my life. And they couldn't see it from my eyes. But I still had to love them, forgive them, and move forward and not let them dictate to me, or I would have been blocked. There's another passage of Scripture in Matthew that Peter asked Jesus over in chapter 18, verse 21. He said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Why would he say seven times? Well, if you know anything about Jewish law and Jewish custom, under the law and, and under the numerical system, seven was a, the idea of completion. And so under the Jewish law, they were required, if they were going to be righteous, to forgive somebody seven times. And if they've done that, then it was okay. In other words, on that seventh time, you say, I'll write you off. I don't have to forgive you ever again. But somebody messed around and wrote verse 22 in there to tell us exactly what Jesus said. He said, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. That's a rhetorical answer. Because he's not saying 490 times. He's saying unlimited. First of all, do you want God to forgive you so many times and then you get to 491 and he stops? No. I've already blown through 490 a long time ago. Do I still want him to forgive me and lead me? I, yeah. But what Jesus was teaching his disciples that he loved, you've got to learn to love people and forgive them innumerable times. Y'all hear that big word? You hear that, Michael? Innumerable. I didn't learn that at Pewitt. Well, that'd be the thing. Who wants to keep count? 
But, but God is wanting us to move beyond this idea of limited times and to, to move beyond this idea because we've got to look at the lost and dying world and look at each other and look at the people around us. Sometimes we've got to look at family members and say, I'm going to love you for who you are, not what you've done. You know, in marriage, I'm sure glad Barbara can't count to 490. Because I promise you, within the first two years of marriage, I'd already pushed beyond that. But we've made 45 and a half years together. And neither one of us was perfect, and I know that shocks you. Y'all think she's perfect, and I'm... But we joined together, but we learned to forgive one another and love one another and stick together no matter what. And what I found out after 20 years, it was easier to forgive her, easier to love her. After 40 years, it got even easier. Now I think, man, I don't know what I'd do without her. Forgiveness has become just part of our life. Because we know we're going to mess up. She can feel bad and she can get upset. She can bite your head off and then hand it back to you, you know, several platter and say, try that again. But she can also be real good, and I can do that myself. I can be upset. I can be tired. She can say something. I can just waylay into her. It's not the numbers, folks. It's the attitude of moving beyond loving somebody for what they do and learning to love them for who they are. Because when you love them for who they are, it doesn't matter what they do. No matter what they say, no matter what they've done, you still love them. You may not always want to be around them, but you still love them and you forgive them. Not for their sake as much as for yours. Because just like salvation, unforgiven sin has separated you from your Heavenly Father. That's why Jesus died, so that sin could be forgiven. That's why He says, confess your sins to one another. Confess it to the Lord. Invite Him in. Accept Him as your Savior. So you can be forgiven. Not only the sins you've committed, but He's already forgiven you for the things you're going to commit. All sin was forgiven. Even the lost people who are never receiving, their sins have been paid for. The thing is, salvation is not theirs because they have yet to grasp it and have it. They choose not to. They choose to reject it. And therefore, it's held back from them because, because when Jesus died, He didn't just die for my sins or your sins. He died for all sins. The sin of the whole world. So that all could come to an understanding and knowledge of Jesus Christ. But it's totally up to them. And that's where he desires us to move from loving people for who they, what they've done and moving over here to loving them for who they are. Because he said when you do that, then your pathway 
will always be clear of stumbling blocks. And you'll have access to God. And you can walk with Him. He can walk with you. He can talk with you. He can move with you. He can speak to you. When I got up off the ground from inviting Jesus Christ into my life, there was a great burden taken off my shoulders. The guilt, the shame, the lostness left me. But what I learned is that we go through life when I learn to forgive, that same burden leaves me too. You know, I somebody told me the other day, and my, I won't put pick on him. Old Pete Brown said something about people liking me, and I said it's been a long time since somebody disliked. Me. I said not as long as you think, Pete. <laughs> you know, you're gonna you're gonna say things and do things. When I preach the message out of here, a lot of times people get mad at me for what I preach. I didn't write the book. I'm just the messenger of the book, but they get mad at me because I'm somebody they can see. Well, that bothers me. It hurts me. But is it going to change my message? I'm going to tell you no. I can't. I'm here to tell you what the Word says. I, I carry a great burden for a lot, of, a lot of people in this community that I know that need Jesus. And yet, they keep rejecting it. And it still bothers me. That's why I'm always trying to do something to get them to come. We call it outreach, but folks, I want people to know the Jesus I know. I want them to know. So if I have to do their funeral, I'll be able to say, I know where my brother is. I know where my sister is. But it's a hard thing, and it's taken me 40 years to begin to even get close to this. But I feel like in your lives, or some of y'all are doing the same thing. You're loving people for what they do and not for who they are. And that's part of life. The question is, do we stay there, or do we move beyond that? Do we hold on to unforgiveness, and rob ourselves of a blessing? Or do we forgive them and move forward and grow in that? It's totally up to us, just like our salvation. You make those choices. But I promise you, if you carry around a lot of unforgiveness, you're going to find out your, your prayers are bouncing off a hard wall. Maybe not all of them, but a lot of them. Your spiritual walk would just plateau. Nothing has seemed to go the way you'd love it to go. Because you've quit moving forward in your journey and you've stopped. And until you move beyond that place of learning to love people for who they are, it's going to be hard for you to go any further. I got some big news for you. I love y'all for who you are. Luckily, y'all don't depend on me to love you for what you do. 
Y'all do a lot. I've got a lot of great people in here do a lot of time in, in people, and I love to see people grow. But I also want to see this church grow. I also want to see us to move forward and reach people. And I want us to see us doing that and realizing that when a person comes in those doors, maybe that you've got a conflict with, maybe you can forgive them so that they can come and be a part. Maybe you don't agree with this, what they do. That's okay. You don't have to. If you love them for who they are and not for what they do. I am glad the world is not like me. Because we'd be in a world of hurt if everybody was like me. But when I came back here to, and God brought me back, there were people that knew things about me that had to accept what God had done in my life before they could listen to me. Because they knew me for what I had done. Some have gotten over that and moved forward. But I'm here to tell you today, there's still some out there that will never come and listen to me preach the gospel because they've not moved from what I had done to where I am today. Hopefully somebody will reach them. But you see, they're not robbing me of my journey. They're robbing themselves of their journey because they've got to come to grips with that, just like you do. So I'm going to ask you this morning, pretty simple message. Are you holding on to some unforgiveness with anybody, anywhere? Because the Word says we need to go find that and offer that, uh, that forgiveness to set us free. And the only way I know that to do that is learning to love the way God loves us. It's to love them for who they are and not for what they do. Because if there's any one certainty, people will let you down. They will mess up. Why? Because they're sinners saved by grace or they're sinners that have not been saved by grace. But either way, we're all sinners and come short of the glory of God. Is that not Scripture? Romans 3.23 We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. When Randall shared that verse with me, it meant so much because the only people that ever witnessed to me before always took a Bible and it was like a gun. You need to get saved. You need to do what's right. Man, don't shake that book at me. I know a little bit about you. But I'm telling you, when he shared that verse, that all of sin comes short of the glory of God, instead of condemning me, he said, we've all been in the same boat. That meant a lot to me. Because I wasn't being pointed out or separated. I was realizing I was the same place everybody else was. And that opened the door in my heart to receive Jesus Christ. 
We've got to learn to forgive people, folks. Need to learn to love them for who they are. Because they're either on the way to heaven or they're on the way to hell. And you may be the only ones that lead them to Christ. Or you may be the very ones that keep them from knowing Christ. I, I don't know. Oh, I don't want to be in that, that category where I'm the only one that keeps somebody from knowing Christ. And that's why when people say things, it really bothers me. Because if they ruin my reputation in this community, it keeps me from being able to reach them. And as much as that angers me, I still love the ones who say it because I know they don't know what they're doing either. Now, I'm not saying I've arrived, but I'm saying I've learned to look at people a little differently. Forty years of walking with Jesus and Him thumping on my old hard head, He's got that imprinted in there. I need to learn to love people for who they are. don't always agree with them, but I've got to love them. I'm not going to let them do what they do bother me. Because I want to continue to walk with my Savior. And I think you do too. So this morning, I'm going to ask you to bow your head. Take off your hats. Clear your minds. And don't let these little old babies bother you. Because we love them for who they are. And who they are is going to be somebody learning to talk. But Father, we're gathered here this morning in your name. And I know the hearts of nearly everybody here wants to glorify you. But sometimes the old flesh gets in the way. Sometimes the old self keeps us from walking where you'd want us to walk. Sometimes it just makes us feel better to hold on with a little anger or bitterness or fear, or mistrust. When really and truly, Father, You want us to walk with You. Learn to love people for who they are. Look beyond what they've done. And we need to grant that forgiveness and move forward so we can truly worship that our prayers will be unhindered and that Your Spirit can work in our life. And I would pray we find that today. That there's in any soul here today that's not willing to move beyond that you'll speak to them in the loving, kind way you've always done. And let them know it's time to move forward so that we can glorify you and that we can reach the lost. Because if we can love one another, it makes it easier for us to love the world because they too can be offensive to us. But we've got to learn to love them for who they are so that they can come to know you for who you are. We rejoice in this day. Rejoice in the baptism we're about to have. We ask it all in Jesus' name. And those who were in agreement all said, Amen.
God bless you. I want you to have a good week. Meet us out there at the, at the water trough and celebrate. Mike, I want you to help me this morning. You're going to do one, I'm going to do one. We're going to do them at the same time.